tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Oh, yeah! liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know mark and i are dog people we love our dogs oh yeah it's just one of the now i have a cat and i think he likes me i'm not sure but <laughs> if one of my dogs you know if one of my dogs goes overboard on a boat uh-huh. and one of, and the cat does mm. i'm jumping in after the dog the cat <laughs> man, man, you know he, he better climb on board you know oh no so, when I saw this dog falls overboard and swims five miles back home, mm-hmm. five miles swims yeah. back home. Yeah. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Shrimp boat captain Keith Sofs was sailing in Galveston Bay off the southeast coast of Texas last week when his dog, Monster, I love this dog's names, by the way. Hey, there's my dog, Monster. He fell overboard. Sofs says he didn't notice Monster wasn't on the boat until he was five miles away from shore. He says Monster often accompanies him on the shrimp boat. Totally heartbroken, he said on Facebook on a post on May 26th after spending hours searching up and down the coast, hoping somebody might know where his beloved friend may be. Five days later, somebody responded to his Facebook post saying they had seen a dog who looked like Monster at a local park. I said, man, she couldn't have made that swim. There's no way that dog swam that far. Well, Monster was found at a nearby trailer park. Soft said he cried so hard and received so many happy kisses from his pooch. Um, He posted on Facebook, Monster dog peacefully asleep. She acts like nothing happened. So glad I got my little friend back. Wow. Yeah. All I could think of when you started off by saying shrimp and boat captain, I was hearing Forrest Gump. (laughs) Shrimp boat captain, Captain Keith. So was I. <laughs> Life Radio FM, the Mark and Mac show. You know, Mark, when um, years ago, you could make fun of just about anything. And there were times when I said something the wrong way mm-hmm. and somebody would get upset. Right. Um, I'll give you an example. I'm such a retard. Right. That was a comment used by many people. Yes. Just as an off put, I made a mistake, whatever. Right. And then that really got late nineties. It really fell out of fashion. Don't use that. Don't say that, you know, it was in Tommy boy. Remember? Mm. Um, but by the late nineties, don't use that word. It is offensive to those who have. And it's like, you know what? I get it. I'm sorry. I I won't say that, but it did take me a long time to break that. You Mm. know, it did because it seemed like an inoffensive thing to say. Right. Derogatory towards my, you know, but then, And I I really am mad at the guys from The Hangover when Zach Galifianakis, you know, said, well, you know, Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman, they go to uh, Vegas and and beat Vegas and he's a retard. Mm. And it's like all of a sudden I'm a retard became a thing after The Hangover movie. And it wasn't any funnier. No. Or it was, I mean, any less offensive. It was just anyway. Well, those of us who have a family member who is um, mentally handicapped and I, I that's probably the wrong thing to say too um but they yeah. they are okay they're retarded that's the term okay yeah. Yeah. i don't know what else i can say i remember when coach gene stallings at alabama was on my show and referred to his son as a mongoloid right okay yeah i'll never forget cat west who is a big alabama fan lost her cookies man and uh. it was like she got really upset and offended because but i'm later on I'm like 
that was his son. Yeah, yeah come on. That's right. He's you know, he's family. talking about his, yeah. it's not a thing. He that's the term they used back then was Mongol exactly. for yeah. autism. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I had to look up what Mongolism was. You know, I thought right. I had something yeah. to do with you know one of the guys from the 1600s that conquered a bunch of things. <laughs> anyway, so now when I saw the headline for this. Every punchline that I wanted, all I could think of, Mark, you're a mean guy. Mark put a story in here that says six members of Haiti's Special Olympics delegation go missing in Florida. Uh-huh, yeah. What's wrong with you to do that to me? You did this on purpose because you know that my brain is chasing down every horrible thing that I've offended people with over the years. And it's all wrapped up into one story of reenacting what a six group membership from haiti all from the special olympics i just picture them walking down the street in miami they got their red socks pulled all the way up to their knees each one of them wearing a super bowl helmet and they're walking around with an ice cream cone that's melted and eating a shoelace that's what i'm picturing i'm an excellent driver yeah (laughs) you got me you got the tater you you did Six members of wrong. Six members of Haiti's Special Olympics delegation mysteriously went missing just a day into the 2022 event in Orlando, Florida. In an announcement, the Osceola County Sheriff's Office said that officers are actively investigating a missing persons case involving members of the Haitian delegation participating in the 2022 Special Olympics USA Games. We are in communication with Walt Disney World, Special Olympics, and our law enforcement and federal partners, says the uh, sheriff's office. At this time, we believe this is an isolated event and do not suspect foul play. In an attached missing persons bulletin, the sheriff's office said that all of the members had turned in their room keys and left behind their personal bags and belongings. They're all adults aged between 18 and 32, and I'll spare you all the names and everything because... That for us is not really relevant. The bulletin states that they were last seen in Kissimmee, Florida on June 6th at about 2.30 p.m. local time. Kissimmee, if you don't know, is just just south of Orlando. It's just like almost the same place. The individuals are all adults, five of whom are not Special Olympics athletes, and one who is an adult with intellectual disability. So there's one Special Olympics athlete and five handlers, basically, They've all just decided to walk away. I'm thinking that somebody's not being truthful here, Mark. Mm-hmm. Yes, based on the something, ages, I'm something doesn't add up. Yes. Yeah. Oh well. Um, I I hope they're all okay. I do. Yeah. But I'm thinking this could be the sequel to The Ringer. You know. <laughs> okay. You never saw it, did you? No, I didn't. No. Okay. Do you remember when Shallow Hal came out and yes. the whole groups got really mad? Okay. Yes, yes. I and did. it was really not an offensive movie about no. it was actually a movie about how we yeah. judge people wrongly. Yeah. You know, a lot of, a lot it was of screaming, a beautiful movie. A lot of screaming about fat shaming when that was not what it was about at yeah. all. Yeah. No, and people they did it because they didn't watch the movie. You watch the movie, exactly. it had hearts. Same thing with the ringer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Same thing with the ringer, by the way. And and the ringer actually got when they but they approved the script, uh, the Special Olympics approved the script and everything else, and it was only after the the groups that came out of the woodwork to protest that got mad. But you need to watch it, Johnny Knoxville and the huh. Ringer. Okay. All right, um, yeah, because um, 
the especially after this story actually mark that's your homework assignment today oh, okay and well, i will tell you won't feel dirty when you get done okay oh, it actually has good, a I'm great glad. it's it yeah it has a shallow howl type thing going on okay oh, all right it's just yeah anyway <laughs> so, um that of course is give you an idea that, that is one of my guidelines by the way for everything is to not feel dirty when i get yes. done i'm glad you threw that well. in there <laughs> Well, I, with you not knowing about your haircut later today, you could be mowing the yard. Boom, you know. Oh, that's a story for a different time. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. We'll never, you'll never hear Mark and I saying, you know, Mark, remember when we were in the uh, casino in Vegas and I was doubling down on my, uh, you know, <laughs> the things you'll never hear from us. And no, you know uh, what? I, I know people that go to Vegas and enjoy it. They, yeah. it, it's a competition. I'll give you an example. I worked for a guy and he would go to Vegas and I, I, he, I told him I don't go because I just don't feel like gambling my money. You know, right, it's like, yeah. I believe what God promises me. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. But God <laughs> didn't promise me that if I go and take my money and play blackjack, that, hey, I might win. You know, right. I just don't. Rec- that's not. Where's the book of David again? Let's break that out and find the chapter on gambling. Under, yeah, right here. I mean, yeah. So he said, no. He said, Dave, I don't really gamble. He said, what I do is I usually like entertainment. He said, you, when you take the fam to Six Flags or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you spend a lot of money. That, right. And I'm like, yeah, OK, fine. So he yeah. set himself up with two hundred and fifty dollars per session. That's mm-hmm. what he would call it. Right. He liked to play blackjack and he liked to shoot crap and stuff like that and he said so he would set 250 dollars aside and he could play with that money either until it was gone or an hour or two hours whatever it was mm-hmm. and that was it didn't matter it if he dropped 250 dollars in the first five minutes his session was over time to go watch a show if he was winning after a certain amount of time you're done and the reason is you don't stand at the black you don't stand and win all night you no, know no you might go on a heater and win for a while but they're getting their money back you they know don't tear those big places down and rebuild them because they're always losing no yeah, right so anyway he kind of his thing wasn't gambling it was i do it because it's entertainment i don't have any kids to go entertain right. it's just entertainment for me blah blah, yeah. blah. so i, I understood yeah. what he was saying yeah yeah i did too and i thought you know what it makes great sense to me, but I'm telling yeah. you, I would be Clark Griswold. I'd oh, be losing money. Yeah. I'd be gambling. Yeah. Exactly. I would be calling you, Mark. Can you loan me 50 cents? I got to buy a cup of coffee to stay awake. You know, that's listen, what I'd be doing. Can you buy me a bus ticket? <laughs> right. I got to get yeah. home. What happened to your car? Well, that was on the fourth round. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, Las Vegas police are searching for a man. And I thought he was stealing swimming pools, but no, no. he's swimming. He's stealing swimming pool chemicals. Yeah, I thought you would probably relate to this. <laughs> Authorities yeah. are looking for a man accused of stealing pool chemicals from multiple stores. The Vegas Metropolitan Police say the man has gone into businesses and left with chemicals without paying for them. That's basically what you call stealing pool chemicals, by the way. Yes. Uh, the uh, suspect is described mm. as 30 to 35 years old, 5 foot 8 inches to 5 foot 10, and he weighs about 220 pounds. And He's wow. very, very, very pale because of all the chemicals he's carrying. There's around. a dude. <laughs> if he's 35 years old, five foot eight and 220 pounds. Yeah. That's a guy heading for the 600 pound show later. Now, if he's 30, <laughs> five, 10 and two twenty, he could be working out and in shape. You know, that's a big well, that's difference true. there. That's true. On one hand, on but, one hand, he's, you know, he's not bad. On the other hand, you could probably find him at one of the buffets. <laughs> but you know exactto mundo uh, right. but stealing 
Can, you know, a year ago, I when there was a chlorine shortage, okay, that was a crazy time for swimming pool people nationwide. Yeah. Don't know why there was a shortage, but I will tell you that this year they came back with a vengeance and doubled the price on everything. Yeah. What yeah. cost $3.50 last year for a one-pound bag of shock is now $7. Yeah. I'm not wow. kidding. A, ba- a, a six-pack that you would buy in a cart to shock your pool if you got a big in-ground pool, mm-hmm. it would be about 15 bucks. you know, the Walmart generic brand, and it was fine. Now that thing's thirty-two bucks. Mm. Well, what this guy is doing, actually, he's he's seen the high prices and he's just refusing to pay the high prices. And on top of that, he's hoarding because he knows the Halloween stuff's coming out any day now. Life Radio FM, the Mark and Mary Show. Uh, by the way, Mark. Um, you do a great job with liferadio.fm. Oh. You do a great job with the podcast. You do a great oh, job keeping it. I, I never tell you that, and it just <laughs> hit me that I don't. Uh, anyway, so thank you for the job you do. Oh. That's how y'all get the podcast every day. It's from Mark, not from Dave. Just <laughs> letting you know. And by the way, he does have it up there by 10 o'clock Central Time, but if you're yeah. using some, some parts of Google, you know, oh, he's on their hit list. So yeah. he might be in Facebook jail or Meta jail <laughs> or Google jail, whatever it is, you know. I don't know what so. I've done to tick them off. I just don't know. I do. Take your pick. Let's see. Wait a minute. You're a white guy. Uh-huh. I'm saying, You're a Christian. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They hate you. But anyway, now yeah. a, a TSA, a TSA story. Is that what that is? Yeah. It's uh yes. This is coming from the TSA. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. A, a man was stopped from bringing a loaded handgun in his carry on bag at Pittsburgh International Airport. Transportation Security what? Administration of officers yeah, detected the weapon in a West Virginia man's bag Sunday. The man told officers he forgot he had the, his gun among his carry-on items. Uh, Allegheny County police were notified, and they confiscated the weapon. Uh, Karen Keyes Turner, hmm. the uh, TSA's federal security director for the airport, said in a statement, If you own a firearm, you need to know where it is at all times. Knowing where you put your gun is part of being a responsible gun owner. Now this individual faces a stiff federal financial civil penalty. This was the 10th instance of a gun being seized at this airport this year. 32 were found over the course of last year. Nationwide, TSA officers detected 5,972 firearms on passengers or in their carry-on bags at checkpoints last year. Of the guns caught by TSA in 2022, about 86% of them were loaded. Hmm. Wow. Um, There's two things that concern me, Mm -hmm. okay? Are they picking on a dude from West Virginia because they got a lot of guns? You know that, right? I mean, he's yeah, probably got yeah. a he's got a gun in his shoe. He forgot uh-huh, to tell him yeah. about because it it's right next to his phone he got from Get Smart back in the sixties. <laughs> but you you know, I don't have a gun. I don't know where it is. Yeah, and I'm a, you, you and I both are gun owners. I'm not a gun guy. I'm just an owner because well. Yeah. Just, if you do come to my house and there's more than one of you, I got the shotgun because my Louisville <laughs> slugger only works one person at a time, you know, but dude, who knows? It's 2022 for crying out loud. Who th- in my lifetime, it's never been wise to carry a gun to the airport. Yeah. Before nine 11, you didn't carry a gun. You know what? Sam Kennison did an entire comedic bit about taking a loaded gun into an airport. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he didn't pack his own bag. His girlfriend, that's how he found out his girlfriend was mad at him. Yeah. She packed his bag, loaded gun, <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> you really want to get back at your spouse? That's how you do it right there. Wow. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac show. You know, Mark, many's the time I've watched an old movie with uh, W.C. Fields and laughed at some of the names he uses as a writer or as characters in his movies. Mm. But there's uh, the movie where he plays the bank detective and um, <laughs> yeah. he talks about Lompoc. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's a 1941 movie called The Bank Dick and Lompoc is you. And so now any story that mentions Lompoc, <laughs> I think. Of the, uh, you know, the cheesesteak mine or whatever it was. Right, it was yeah. some weird thing, you know. <laughs> and what a movie. Golly gee whiz. You know, you know who W.C. Fields used to write under his pseudonym? It was Mahatma Kane Jeeves. And <laughs> he said hat, that it was because in British. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In British films in the 30s, my hat, my cane, Jeeves. <laughs> that so was the, always the butler was Jeeves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. A man is found with a trunk full of avocados, mm -hmm. in, and he's from Lompoc, which yeah. got my attention. Yeah, Lompoc man, he is facing charges after Santa Barbara County Sheriff's officials say a deputy caught him stealing avocados from a ranch in, uh, what is that, Goleta? Um, according to the sheriff's office, the deputy saw a vehicle stopped on the side of the road and spotted a man walking nearby who was wearing a headlamp and carrying a bucket of avocados. The deputy also okay, reportedly yeah. noticed a bag of methamphetamine on the dashboard of the vehicle. Wait a minute. The, huh. Hang on. I, got, I have to back up because this now qualifies. What is that? It's a, it's a major award. <laughs> no, yeah, no actually, that, that was wrong. Was like a lamp. Nah. Wrong. Yeah. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah. This, it's this one. Okay. No! Yeah, there you go. <laughs> wrong row of okay. buttons. <laughs> because this guy's a stupid criminal. He's got a bag of meth on the dash of his car. Hello? Yeah, that, but what got my attention was that he's wearing a headlamp. I was thinking about the Haitian guys headed for the Special Olympics. He's wearing a headlamp. Who wears a headlamp? Well, it's, night, it it's nighttime, and he's got to have both hands free he's, to pick his avocados, you know? <laughs> sure. Oh, I was picturing like a headlamp from your car, you know, the big old thing. And no. I'm thinking he's got duct tape strapped around his head and stuff. Okay. <laughs> you got a battery, he's, battery. So he's got like the miner's helmet going yeah, on. Yeah, and he's got a battery in a, in a backpack hanging on his back. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> sheriff's officials say deputies searched the vehicle and found the trunk full of avocados. There's a picture that goes with the article. I know you haven't seen it, but it's precious. Yeah. The trunk is popped. It's just full of all these green avocados. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> He's got meth on the dash, avocados in the trunk. Holy moly. <clears throat> Officials say the owner of the ranch told investigators the man didn't have permission to harvest avocados from the property. 44-year-old Tim Rounds was arrested on suspicion of grand theft of fruit, <laughs> possession wow. of a controlled substance, and possession of drug paraphernalia. Rounds was booked into this county jail and released without bail under the local court's extension of an emergency rule that eliminated bail for certain offenses because of the COVID-19 pandemic. In other words, he, they just put it, this place is just put in a revolving door on the front of the uh, courthouse mm -hmm. because they go in, they get their hand wow. stamp, they leave. Be sure to show your hand stamp wow. when you come back, you know, oh, man, they did return the avocados to the Bless his heart. Yeah. So, Wow. Oh, did they now? Yes. That was nice of them. <laughs> well, you know, Mark, I've, I've got several questions about this, but I'm, yes. I'm wondering, did they also get him for not wearing a seatbelt, you know? Because he's got the, you know, the fruit. You got a... <laughs> well, it doesn't list he it just had it on. 
Grand theft yeah, he's got fruit. A, <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking this is a guy trying to make some avocado dip and just wasn't getting it right. The meth had him really freaking out. And he got ran, he ran out of coloring books. He's on meth. I'll go. I want some avocado, but I want I want I want some guacamole and I want it fresh. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and if you miss the show um you know you can catch it on the daily podcast that'll be up later on but if you missed a few minutes ago and mark was talking about a guy getting booked for grand theft fruit you know you know what came to mind yeah i was remember uh, mrs doubtfire it was a drive-by fruiting <laughs> I <do> remember that. <laughs> yeah oh, there you go oh my wow. gosh <laughs> all right so mark grand some, theft fruit yeah, try explaining that one around the uh, jail cell cafeteria uh, yeah. line, you know? What you in for? Yeah. Wow. All right. I wanted guacamole. Now, Nothing else could do. I had to have guacamole. Oh, gosh. Anyway. <clears throat> I, it's not nearly as bad, and I hate to bounce a relative, but she's dead now. So I, have, I actually have a relative. She had a lot of issues with alcohol and drugs over time. And I'm not kidding, Mark. She had gone to the grocery store, okay? Mm-hmm. And she locked her keys in the car. Oh. And... Yeah, I mean, that's that's bad enough. It's inconvenient. But there yeah. is a police officer on duty, you know, at the store just for security reasons. And so she went to him and said, hey, can you unlock? Do you have one of those things? You can unlock the car door. And he says, yeah, sure. And so he does. And then he unlocks the car and he says, would you mind putting your hands over here a minute? And he slaps the cuffs on her. She said, what did I do? And he goes, well, I just unlocked your car, right? Mm. Yes. Well, I'm assuming that everything in this is yours because it's a single you know it's a truck and yeah. it's a, like my old ranger yeah not even the extended cab the cheap ranger yeah. with just room for two anyway and she, he goes she's yes this is mine and that's well ma'am you've got meth all over your seat <laughs> there's meth in a baggie meth on a mirror i mean there's straw it's like and she asked the cop to unlock the door <laughs> wow there you go wow you wonder why some days and mark yes i have been called in the middle of the night to provide help to her and her family just so you know goodness because oh who you know just call dave he'll help you know kind of has to you know he's a christian right i I think that we it's in their oath we absolutely have to award a posthumous (laughs) award oh (laughs) because that's good i'm telling Mark, you that's good if you go to the mantle of the mansion in the sky of most of my family the mantle's covered with that award right there wow well here's another guy who's won it <laughs> deputies in volusia county um arrested a suspect for theft after he allegedly stole a jet ski sunday afternoon authorities said ronald williams he's 48 stole the jet ski around 12 30 p.m and because he wasn't able to get it started, he just floated away on it. A family wow. getting ready to head out on their boat let deputies borrow their boat to catch Williams, who was still floating in the inter- intercoastal waterway. Video shows. Oh come on! Yeah, video shows deputies uh, deputies approaching Williams with a gun drawn and telling him to put his hands up. Deputies ordered Williams to swim to the boat, but he said he didn't know how to swim. One of the deputies can be heard yelling, so you're going to take a jet ski and you don't know how to swim? Wow. (laughs) Deputies tossed Williams a rope and used that to pull the floating jet ski to the boat. The sheriff's office said Williams was taken into custody without incident and the jet ski was returned to its owners. 
Wow. My first thought, okay, when the guys in the intercoastal waterway couldn't get it started and was just floating away was, why are you still on it? How, you know, those things are tough to sit on when they ain't running. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. There you go. I can't swim. Congratulations. Well, I, time to go to Hawaii and swim with the dolphins, buddy. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. We do appreciate you joining us, and we do ask that you share it with somebody. I, I did yesterday um, at the dentist, uh, oh, yeah. a new dentist, and, and was sharing it. And it, they were Mark and Mac Show folks. Uh, well, you know, when you're in the dentist chair and you hear Christian music playing, right? Yeah. Um, the first thought is, okay, I'm in a good place, you know, or at least it is for me. And I was, and as I'm listening to it, I'm going, boy, that sounds like life radio you know <laughs> but there was uh, there was no it was just music playing there was no imaging but it had right, music yeah. like we play you know yeah. um there was a jeremy camp you know song from like 2002 and you know anyway i was enjoying it and i asked hey what are you guys listening to because I, I didn't know what it was i just i knew it wasn't us i knew that right yeah but it, i knew it was going to open a door and I should have done this before I couldn't talk anymore because, you know, when I was trying to explain it to him, it was, blah, blah, you get back to good I mean, Mark, Mac, yeah, you remember that book? Good. Yeah, I'm an idiot. You know, anyway, so I will call him up later on today and say, liferadio.fm. Here you go. And now I have to, All right, so, now I'm going to have to dig up the old Cosby dentist bit. Oh. <laughs> we start saying, that's when Whatever. he starts asking you questions. Yeah. Yeah, see any good movies lately? Yeah. Actually, it's and how do you know your dentist has made a mistake? Well, uh, rinse. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, Mark, man. <laughs> iPhones are pretty interesting creatures of uh, technology, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. And considering the fact that we just did a story about a stupid criminal who stole a jet ski and couldn't swim, <laughs> he might need to get it. If he doesn't already have an iPhone, he might want to get one because this one, this one story is enough to say, it might be time. If you don't already have an iPhone, it might be time to get one. And this story qualifies as tech news. Geekin'. I'm sorry, but when he says geekin', it just owns me. <laughs> a visitor to a Mississippi island found a lost iPhone in the water and was able to return it to its owner after discovering the device still worked after nearly a week underwater. Erin Skaggs of Gulfport said she lost her phone in the water during a Memorial Day trip to Horn Island. She says, I assumed it was a lost cause. She said she got a new phone the next day. Cody Lowe of Biloxi said in a Facebook post that he was visiting Horn Island on Sunday when he found an iPhone in the water. He plugged the phone in and was surprised to find it still worked. Lowe posted a photo of the phone's lock screen, a picture of Skaggs and her husband, and it was shared hundreds of times before coming to Skaggs' attention. Skaggs said he was especially grateful for the phone's return because it contained many pictures she feared were lost forever. Thank you, Cody Lowe. Thank you to everyone who messaged me to tell me, and thanks, Apple, for making waterproof phones, she wrote. <laughs> wow. That is pretty cool. Yeah. But, but uh, doesn't mean, she know if for a couple of bucks you can have your phone automatically back up everything to the cloud? I mean, yeah, that's you don't what have I to was worry thinking, about yeah. saving anything. Yeah. If you have, I uh, even know that. And if, I am, yeah. you know what? I know that. And I could be a member of the Haitian uh, Olympic <laughs> team, the, the special team.
liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, you know, we have done our share of stories over the years on just about everything. I mean, really everything. But there are certain ones that get my attention because of all the different sounds you start hearing. Okay. <laughs> Boaters encounter large great white shark off the Jersey shore. <laughs> I'm picturing where was Jaws when they started shooting Jersey Shore? Because we could have wiped out hours and hours of wasted time on TV. You know, the whole cast, one big Jaws party and we're uh, done. Wasn't it Snooky? Wasn't she on Jersey Shore? Wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, so actually, Snooky could have just been a, a like a sub note, you know, just a... A footnote. Oh. oh, yeah. First season, Jersey Shore. Killed by a shark. You know, <laughs> could have been it. Would have been so nice. <laughs> a group of boaters captured video when they encountered an eight-foot great white shark that approached their boat off the New Jersey coast. Jim Piazza said he was fishing off the coast of Sea Isle, New Jersey, with his cousin, son, and some friends when his son spotted something in the water. He says, I almost ran it over. My son was like pointing to it like, hey, there goes a shark. And I'm like, no way. So I made a loop around and yeah, we circled it for about 10 minutes. It was just kind of swimming north towards Ocean City. <clears throat> the boaters captured video of the shark and threw it some fish to keep it in the area for a few minutes. One of the group's videos was shared by the U.S. Uh, US Coast Guard station Cape May on Facebook. Uh, Steve Najewitz, he's a professor of marine uh, science at Stockton University, said the shark in the video appears to be an eight-foot great white. He said the shark encounter is a sign of a healthy ecosystem. <laughs> is that what it is? Quote, yeah. I have students who tell me all the time that they found a shark and it's unique. They're always there, but they stay away from people. It's a good thing. It means the environment's healthy. Wow. They're going to invite this guy to the next global warming summit, you know? <laughs> Mark and Mac Mornings, only on liferadio.fm. Liferadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, I don't know if you do this, but I do. I will look at, um, like, when we had weather yesterday that was just, huh. I mean... I, if you saw two animals walking side by side yesterday, you didn't totally freak out. You're kind of like, okay, yeah, I, I got it, it yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, it was that bad. But I tend to look at whenever there's a weird weather thing going on, what was the weirdest thing ever on this date in history or this, you know, like did it ever snow in Alabama in June, that right, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Because it has, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, so when a, it says, the headline says, winter-like scene develops in Germany, Despite temps in the 70s, mm -hmm. I want to throw out this that if, when we talk about the uh, 1993 March winter storm in Alabama, the days before the snow, it had been in the 70s. It yeah. was a very warm time leading up to it. And then the bottom fell out and it was this, you know, Nanook right. of the yeah. North time. So, yeah. anyway. Well, a winter like scene was captured in the southern German town of Wieler Simmerberg after an, <laughs> an, in, for you. an intense storm covered the streets with hailstones that accumulated to several feet deep as a widespread wow. severe weather outbreak affected a lot of europe video footage was captured by locals on sunday showing tractors plowing the hail like it was snow however wow. temperatures in the 70s uh, fahrenheit 
helped to quickly melt the hailstones. The piles of hail came from thunderstorms that erupted across parts of Western and Central Europe this past weekend. The storms also dropped the hail the size of tennis balls and softballs from France to Austria. Whew. Yeah. Damn. That's bad. Those are damn. I mean, uh-huh. I'll end up looking at hailstorms on YouTube today, you know, just yes. because of this. Yeah. Those are always entertaining. I, I remember standing in the uh, foyer of a church once years and years and years ago, uh, looking out into the parking lot as golf ball sized hail was pummeling down on everything out there, oh, <laughs> including <man>. my car. <laughs> ah, the oh. broken windshield. Oh. You love that one. <gasps> liferadio.fm mark and mac show and you know mark i remember the day uh it's so fondly when i found out that jogging and you know running for exercise was actually very damaging to your health mm. it was bad on your knees your back your head everything it was really bad because i was trying to recover from knee surgery oh. and the doctor he was like i had, i had was one of those original test cases on arthroscopic surgery for a an ACL tear. Yeah. Back in the day, they used to cut your leg open, and it was all, you know, very rarely did you play again after that. Mm. Um, but they had developed arthroscopic surgery, Dr. William Andrews out of Birmingham. And I happened to be, because of when mine happened, I was in the right place at the right time to get arthroscopic surgery. But they left a little rim of cartilage on my knee. And so as I was rehabbing, I mean, we're talking two days out of surgery, I'm jogging. And... I was young, you know, so I didn't mind, but I stepped on a little pebble mm-hmm. and boom, I tore what was left of my knee oh, and they had to go back in and clean it all man. up again. But it was then that my doctor, the rehab doctor, he was like, you know, they shouldn't have had you jogging. They should have had you riding a bike much better for you. And he explained all the benefits of riding a bike over jogging. And I've been like, so ever since then, I thought I have a doctor's excuse from exercise. You know, if jogging is the exercise. So whenever I see something like this, where this, uh, this Scottish group, they ran 106 marathons in 106 days. Yeah. And I'm thinking they need to call you right now about knee replacement surgery <laughs> because they might be in there, th- you know, they might be young now. Uh-huh, yeah, they might be, but, but there's going to be, you're, you're going to have to pay for this dance. <laughs> well, and of course, in the process of doing this much activity over this span of days, it had to be for a certain reason. And yes, what is that? It's a oh, major no. award. <laughs> Shucks, I wouldn't know, Dad. It looks like a lamb. <laughs> I got the right button that time. A Scottish couple un- unofficially broke a Guinness World Record when they both ran 106 marathons in 106 days. Faye Cunningham and Emma Petrie, uh, both of Aberdeen, ran the first marathon of their attempt on February 19th and ran the same distance, 26.2 miles, each consecutive day until their final run this past Saturday. The duo raised money during their record attempt for Dementia Charity, MND, and Macmillan. The women said they were inspired by Cunningham's father, Alan, who died after a battle with dementia. Quote, we both know that life is short and the ability to run or walk doesn't stay with you forever. Uh, My father, Cunningham says, was fit and active, and he inspired us to tackle this challenge. The current Guinness World Record is held by U.S. woman Alyssa Clark, who ran 95 marathons in 95 days in 2020. The record was unofficially beaten by Jack Hunt Brorsma, who ran 102 marathons in 102 days earlier this year. 
The couple said they weren't sure if all of Hunt Barosma's marathons would count since some were run on a treadmill, but they decided to make their total 106 just in case Guinness World Records certified the achievement. Uh-huh. So it's not official, but they're you know hoping yeah. Guinness will make it official. Well, you know, Mark. Yes. I don't even, I'll send them a note. <laughs> the who cares note. Really? Okay. Good. What do you want? A cookie? Yeah. You ran on a treadmill. <laughs> How does that count? Yeah. That was the you other ran a marathon yeah. on a treadmill. Yeah. Just, I mean, I know that he should, his shouldn't yeah. count. That, no, that's it ridiculous. Shouldn't. It shouldn't. It I really. don't, but then again, I would not run one marathon on a treadmill. That's true. You know, you know I wouldn't run half a marathon on a treadmill. I don't think I'd run on a treadmill unless it was between me and the fridge. I, that's it. I'm thinking, where is Steve Austin when you really need him, you know? <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac show. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. We had, uh, Mark and I had a little meet and greet yesterday for ourselves. Yeah. And any, any excuse to grab some Mexican food, but. Chips um, and salsa, baby. Come on. <laughs> Got to say uh, hello to um, our new friends at Southern Sm- Smiles in Hoover. Uh, if you're listening outside of the Birmingham area, this is uh, Hoover is part of Birmingham, right? Yeah, <laughs> I know it's a separate city, but come yeah. on, really. Yeah. Anyway, um, the people there were unbelievably nice. They did a lot of work, and it was really cool, Mark. Because you know when you go to the dentist, um, and they have an opportunity to take two appointments they could charge you for and combine them into one. Right. So you don't have to pay for another one. And it's, they did that for me yesterday. That's awesome. They're like, Hey, do you have time? Do you? Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm eating Mark, but yeah, I mean, I can, what, what, anyway, they did so much yesterday and, it, oh, just incredible. I, I'm tripping out because I mentioned this early on in the day, but I thought I wanted to make sure they've got the office open and I'm hoping that y'all are listening to life radio right now. They didn't know about us. And I was like, well, I, you and I talk about it on a fairly regular basis where somebody will say, I used to listen to you guys all the time. What are mm, you doing yeah, now? Yeah. Like, well, we're on a network. We're on liferadio.fm. You can pick us up everywhere. And if you listen to us on the app, it's commercial free all day long. Okay. Yeah. Just check it out. So anyway, a big thanks to all the folks at Southern Smiles uh, in Hoover. They just phenomenal folks. And um, they're just, they're awesome. Just, mm. you know, they actually called me because I was running a few minutes late. Because the weather was so bad yesterday that, you know, a lot of people were running behind, you know? Yeah. And they called to make sure I was okay. Like, you know, I'm like, wow, dude, really? So there you go. Very nice. Um, a rare, yeah, just, you know, there's so many times where we can have something negative to say. And when you have, and boy, when you deal with dentists, you know, uh, put it this way. Yeah. I have a dentist back in the day that I did. I promise you, I was never a suspect. I was never a person of interest when he died. Okay. Mm. But. <laughs> And I wasn't thankful that the guy died. I'm not saying I was, okay? But. I'll be over here when you need me. <laughs> be careful with that shovel, just okay? Just I'm just playing. All right. Anyway, but after the experiences everybody has had with a dentist, I'm telling you, before anything else, if you need, go call Southern Smiles in Hoover. Do that. You'll be, you will not regret it. All right. A rare albino giant Galapagos tortoise mm-hmm. a Swiss. hatches at a yeah. Swiss zoo. Yep, it's... That makes no sense. Okay. 
<laughs> All right. Let's try to make some sense out of it then. A Swiss zoo said the hatching of two giant Galapagos tortoises uh, at the, uh, the eggs, that is, at the facility came with an extra dose of surprise when one of the hatchlings turned out to be the first albino of its species ever observed in captivity. The Tropiquarium in Servion said uh, zookeepers were excited about the hatching of the two endangered tortoise eggs, and they were surprised to find one of the hatchings is an albino, meaning it has no pigment. The tortoise's sibling, though, is black, the same color as its parents. This is the first time in the world that an albino Galapagos tortoise has been born and kept in captivity, the zoo, the zoo says. Albinism is rare in turtles, with approximately one case per 100,000 individuals compared to approximately one case per 20,000 in humans. The zoo said in a Facebook post that the tortoise's red eyes and white shell made it the new Swiss mascot. Dude, that is like freak city, man. You know, if we got a good picture of that thing, you know, and showed it interacting so people knew it wasn't Photoshopped, <laughs> there would be people that it was an alien. I found this alien animal, you know? You know they would. It's got red eyes. It's a demon tortoise. The new Swiss mascot's a demon tortoise? Ah! liferadio.fm mark and mac show mark when um like many people of our age uh generally speaking we own videotapes of movies right and there comes a time when you've switched uh, like i remember uh, a couple of years ago i was telling my son andrew about some movie and it was an older movie and i'm like dude i know we've got a copy of it here i'll send it to you you know that kind of thing and he's like dad i don't bother i'm like well, why? He goes, I'll just, I'll stream it. I'm like, what? I'll just stream it, man. I don't need to. Yeah. I'm like, well, I've got it right here. He's like, what is it? VHS? I'm like, no, I've got it on DVD. I was uh, lying. Sure. I was like, no, I mean, yeah, no, it's DVD. Yeah. And anyway. Well, of course not. What do you I think? Thought I then, a, you think I'm a dinosaur? No, it's not VHS. Yeah. <laughs> I might have white hair, but my eyes are not pink. So I'm not albino. Yeah. Anyway. Bottom line, though, is that I, like somebody else, I had boxes of VHS tapes. And the reason they were in boxes in the garage is because, well, we did not have a, v a, a video cassette player, right, you know, yeah. that we were using. It's like, it just, and so I finally got tired of moving them around. And I thought, you know what, as soon as I dump these, I'm going to find out how much they're all worth. But remember this, because a lot of you have them and you've been holding on to them. And I got that. I understand. Mm -hmm. You got movies on VHS. But. To get the kind of money we're about to talk to you about, they've got to be kind of pristine. It's kind of like yeah. the old baseball cards you yep. had back yep. as a kid, and you thought, I got this rookie card from Mickey Mantle, you know, and yeah. this is worth, like, thousands of dollars it, it, if it's brand new. Not if it's been used in the spokes of your bike <laughs> to make it sound like you had a motor, okay? Right. It ain't worth yeah. that kind of money yeah. now. So, yeah. same thing applies here. Yeah, they could actually be worth a small fortune, especially if you're they're still sealed up. You know, they're still in the in the shrink wrap. For example, mm -hmm. a sealed mint condition Star Wars VHS tape from back in 1977 sold for fifty seven thousand six hundred dollars in New Jersey by Golden Auctions. That's a collectibles auctioneer in December of uh, last year. Uh, Baruch Lubunsky, the CEO at Rank Secure, a Toronto-based digital analytics firm, says most of the HS tapes aren't worth that much money and will sell for only a few dollars. Rarity and nostalgia are what makes some VHS tapes valuable. Uh, 
If the VHS tapes are open and show signs of wear and tear, you're lucky to get a couple of bucks for them. An original Star Wars tape can fetch 3500 bucks if it's in a sealed package. A three-piece Halloween movie set can bring in 500 A lot has been made of the Walt Disney home video releases from in, in 1981. The Black Diamond editions of those recordings bring in the most money, with most ranging between 50 and $300. It might be worth poking around sites like eBay or other collectible sites to see what you can get. Most VHS tapes are sold on eBay. That's what Lubinsky says. Looking at the recent sales of Disney movies, the price range was $20 to $316. Cult classic VHS movie prices range from $35 to $200. See, because I immediately thought, I've got a bunch of these. And I went, yeah, but all mine are used. We right, used yeah. them hard, you know? Yeah, the reason open. they're boxed yeah. up and put away is... Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, who has, but the other, well, the other catch was that original Star Wars tape from yeah. 1977. Right. That's the one you've got to get. Yeah. Not the reissue, on, you know, yeah, that the came one, out in the late the, 90s. The one that still says Star Wars, not episode four, A New Hope, right? Because they changed the name <laughs> of it, remember? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Huh. I thought that was a different movie. Oh. No. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mag show we appreciate you joining us today and i i will tell you that there are some times where we'll see a headline and wonder i wonder really what's going on here i actually thought this is one of those stories where you know people start with like a bobby pin and they end up you know over a period of time trading it for a lamborghini you yeah. know that kind of thing right yeah and you know they just keep trading up and negotiating and it's really a fun game to play and people have done some really remarkable things with that it's fascinating to me. Yeah. But this is the headline. Woman traded grilled cheese sandwich for painting that sold for over $250,000. Yeah. Irene Demas and her husband, Tony, opened a restaurant in the early 70s in London, Ontario, Canada called The Villa. Since she really didn't have any culinary training, she decided to grill cheese sandwiches would be the restaurant's specialty. Turns out they were a big hit. After a few years, what would make you want to open up a restaurant if you don't cook? I, don't I mean, do. what what made you think? Is this where you're going, know. honey? Do we have some money? I just want to burn it. You That's know? right. Oh, honey, don't do that. Try yeah. to do something productive with it. Okay. <laughs> well, after a few years, a couple named Audrey and John Kinnear began to come into their restaurant. John was an artist and asked if they could barter some of his art for meals. For some reason, this made sense to everybody involved, so it was watercolor paintings for grilled cheese sandwiches. At some point, Kinnear came into the restaurant with paintings that he didn't make. Still, the couple enjoyed trading seemingly worthless art for food. One painting in particular really caught Irene's eye. It was an image of a black truck trundling down a cartoonish road. She held on to that one, and many others. And more than 50 years after bartering this painting by Maud Lewis, it sold for a staggering $272,548. That could buy Dude. a lot more than a few grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mag Show, where... The term release the swarm. I'm not sure where that comes from because they use it on Big Bang Theory, but yeah. I don't know what it actually comes from, just so you know. <laughs> but it sounded funny when I saw cockroaches released 
during hearing. Yeah. This sounds like something you and I would talk about doing, but would not do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just throwing it out there. A courthouse in upstate New York was closed for fumigation Tuesday after hundreds of cockroaches were released during an altercation that broke out at an arraignment. The clash broke out during proceedings in Albany County City, uh, Albany City Court for four people for an arrest at the state capitol. A defendant who started to film the courtroom proceedings was told to stop. In the altercation that followed, hundreds of cockroaches brought into the courthouse in plastic containers were released. (laughs) The bug release was being investigated while the courthouse was closed for the rest of the day for fumigation. Court officers arrested a 34-year-old woman in the audience for charges related to the altercation, including disorderly conduct, obstructing governmental administration, and tampering with physical evidence. She was released, and it was not immediately clear whether she had an attorney to speak on her behalf. Um, A statement from the Office of Court Administration says what transpired is not advocacy or activism. It is criminal behavior with the intent to disrupt a proceeding and cause damage. So, well, yeah. Mission accomplished, right? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently, apparently that was the plan. (laughs) Wow. These are people who didn't care about law anyway. This Dude. Yeah. Our buddy, Michael uh, Papa John, yeah. when um, he was in the Larry the Cable Guy movie, Larry the Cable Guy Health Inspector, okay. um, in the opening, he plays the, uh, Michael Papa John uh, is the owner of a, like, a, a really dingy Waffle House type <laughs> restaurant, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And Larry's the health inspector, and he comes in there, and he's eating, and it's like, he knows there's bugs, roaches, and whatever. And anyway, Larry ends up, he to show he's not a doofus he kicks a certain spot on the uh, bar area where he's yeah, eating yeah. and all these roaches come out oh, from everywhere oh. and that's how the movie starts right right and what was funny is that i thought papa john you know was going to be like a character throughout the movie but that's where his part ended before they ran the last credit that said directed <laughs> by you know it's like had this whole big scene to set up the whole movie isn't that and pretty, there it's done I'm like, isn't that pretty much how it is in all of the things he's done he's there for you yes. just when you get you recognize his face the way they cut from one scene to it's the same guy. He said, oh, now he's dead. You know, it's just <laughs> how he yeah. in most of his movies. Yeah, in know? a Schwarzenegger movie, he kind of lasts a lot longer. You know, yeah. if there's Schwarzenegger or Stallone, he'll pop up for a while as a secondary support character. Right. That yeah. eventually they kill him because he's yeah. done all the stunts and everything else. He's right. taken a beating in several scenes, <laughs> and now it's time to give him the paycheck. <laughs> Boom. There you go. Bye, Mike. But oh, anyway, man. that's what it reminded me of yeah. when I thought about the courthouse. I thought... That's a funny way to yeah. break down court. You well, know? this reminded me of a pen and Teller trick. You know, the magician's pen and Teller. They were on Letterman once years ago, and they did this trick uh, on his show that involved a top hat. And uh, they had done a handful of things with the top hat, and they set it down on his desk. And uh, they're, while they're chatting with him, uh, Penn Gillette reaches over and picks the top hat up that's been sitting there that they have used, that they've had on their heads, they've done other things with it. He picks the top hat up, and hundreds of cockroaches scurry out from underneath it on Letterman's desk. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Just as a, as a gag. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you think they ever went back on Letterman? <laughs> yeah, really? I'm thinking, uh, I don't know, which, which one's the one that never talked? <laughs> oh, that would be Teller, yeah. And they booked him as uh, Amy Farrah Fowler's dad on Big Bang Theory. And yes. he actually says, thank you. <laughs> yes, he did.
liferadio.fm, Mark and Mac Show. And, you know, a couple of minutes ago, Mark, you were telling the story about Penn and Teller on yeah. uh, David Letterman and doing the top hat thing with the roaches. Right. I'm, I'm only saying I didn't see that, okay? I'm going to have to look it up after the show. Yeah. But surely they had to have planned that with somebody, right? I mean, because yeah. roaches are so invasive. They're so bad right. that yeah. if they did have, like, real, I mean, real roaches on the desk and stuff that, that would be a bad day. That would be like NBC <laughs> shutting down, right? I mean, yeah, because yeah. you. I mean, I can't imagine if they're in New York that it was a real cleanliness is next to godliness kind of thing anyway. Mm, but, yeah. you know, add roaches to the mix, and it's like, who would win in a fight? Right. Rats or roaches? Let's find <laughs> out. It's New York City, you know. Well, they'd have to have somebody who's a, a, a bug handler. To, yeah, to do that a kind bug of thing. handler. Yeah. A bug wrangler. A bug, exactly, a bug wrangler, because they have, they have them for movies. And they have right. them for, for TV and, and commercials and things like that. They're people. That's yeah. what they do. They raise bugs and they use them in in TV and movie productions. And hmm. they're on the set and they, they tell people this is what they're going to do. This is how they behave. You know, and this is. So when like yeah. you've got a trained roach and when it what doesn't like <laughs> it, it doesn't follow its blocking. Okay. That's do they right. like withhold food? Or no, I want you on that give tape. Give Listen, you stop on that tape mark on the floor. We're lighting that spot for you. Okay. Right. <laughs> wow. That's what they're doing. <laughs> Our world has turned into a weird movie. You know, it really think has. about that. Can you imagine? I mean, your day at work is messing with roaches all day. Yeah. And yeah. You know, they call you up and they say, um, we actually need ants and flies. Do you do? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just roaches. You need to call Billy. Bob, he handles yeah. the ants over there and, right. you know, ants and flies. And, you need roaches. Wow. Joey's your guy. I mean, you need, right. you need rats. Jimmy's your guy, you know, it's just, and then, <laughs> then there's a guy in the back corner or you can just call, you know, Jeebus over there, the nerd guy. He has all of it on his computer. It'll cost you less and take less time. And, and by the way, they always are perfect. <laughs> wow. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show you know mark many's the time we've done a show and at the end of the day i'm like i'm making notes on stuff to look up okay <laughs> and it's like so i'm looking at bill murray singing star wars i'm yes. looking at bill shatner singing to george lucas oh. and now i'm searching penn and teller on david letterman with roaches you know oh, the shatner, so the shatner my day's pretty sad the shatner thing we didn't actually talk about that was during the music no i know i know that was off air but <laughs> yeah but. you know we got talking you know what i was thinking though we did the story earlier about how vhs movies you know from back in the day could be worth some money right and i just in the last year finally got tired of lugging those boxes around and yeah. got rid of them and i the whole time i did i'm like you know at some point these are going to be worth some money you know mm. but i'm like but mine won't be because they're not in the condition that they can right. sell yeah so i want to make that clear because i know right now one of you be you've been doing the same thing i did you have lugged these things from one floor of the house to another and it's like i can't i know yeah. i just can't yeah and you know there's none of, i had like that collection of star wars movies somebody gave me right it was probably when george lucas messed with them you know before <laughs> dvd the special and they were like the vhs yeah. set yeah yeah it was it was a special edition they've been remastered and they remastered and put out on vhs so there you go uh, yeah and it was the three tape thing. And I think I told you, I had never seen the movies. I had set them aside. They were given to me as a, you know, a gift for talking about it or whatever. And I had not seen the films. And I decided that because I missed all that, I would, st I would watch them all, you know, and I wanted to watch it with my kids. Cause I thought they might enjoy it, you know? 
And one day, and I, they were sealed. They hadn't been opened, just sat there on the shelf. And I thought, one day we'll watch. And then one day, Haley was sick home from school, and she watched them with it on by herself. Right. She's like, yeah, I watched them. They're pretty good. And I was like, pretty good. They're supposed to be legendary. She was like, <laughs> they're pretty good. I'm like, really? Okay. So then I watched them. I'm like, really? I have, you know, that's like when I first watched Gone with the Wind and The Godfather, you know, years after, I went, wow, I wish I watched this sooner. I did not have that feeling with Star Wars. Hmm. I was like, yeah, well, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I I think, yeah. well, and we've talked about it before, but I think one yeah. of the things about Star Wars was that it was so remarkably different than everything that was coming out of Hollywood at the time because everything coming out of Hollywood was dark. It was just, you know, yeah. murder mysteries and, and, and yeah. infidelity and everything was just dark, dark, dark. And here was this cowboy movie basically set in space right. you know yeah and and that's everybody went wow that, that's cool you know, you know? <laughs> date night okay when the first start before they as you pointed out earlier before they labeled it you know yes. the uh, episode four right okay. yeah a new when hope. it was just yes. star wars yeah. yeah when it was just star wars movie okay if you went there for date night and the the star wars is filled up and you looked over you know what else was showing the exact same time what Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. <laughs> and if not for Star Wars, Smokey and the Bandit would have been the number one movie of the year. How about it came that? in second because of Star Wars. So there you go. Wow. So in honor of that, now, I would not encourage you to watch the trilogy of Smokey and the Bandit. Maybe, no. yeah, certainly the first one. Yeah. Maybe the second one. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But once you're into the third one or however many, that's when they started replacing people with Mac Davis or let Jerry Reed be the star or maybe the best hand. I don't know. Yeah, it was but, like you know, it was like Smokey and the Bandit. It wasn't Bert and Sally anymore. Smokey and, Smokey and the Bandit to search for more money. You know, that's that's what it became. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, yeah. Like Spaceballs 2, the search for more money. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. That's what they should have done. There you go. They're combing the desert looking for the idea. But I'm bummed. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kill this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on liferadio.fm.